All right, everybody, welcome into Sideline Spectator, episode 21. I'm your host, Jake Smith, along with my co-host, Drake Downs. Follow us on Twitter, all that good junk. Um, listen, just a little reminder for everybody, make sure you subscribe. You, But don't just subscribe, rate, review. Actually, I saw Tanner Crane. Drake, obviously, you know, good buddies with Tanner Crane. Uh, for those of you who don't know who he is, uh, one of our high school buddies. I saw him at a wedding this past weekend. And he referred to the uh, episode probably about four or five episodes ago where uh, I said, if you don't, if you're subscribed and you don't rate and review that your car is going to break down. That Monday, I think it was, or Tuesday. Yeah, it would have been Tuesday. Tuesday it was, he went out to his car, started it up, and it wouldn't start. And he was like, oh shoot, I like Jake's talking to me right now. So that's a warning shot to all of you out there that are subscribed, but you have not rated or reviewed the podcast. I just learned I was today years old. Whenever I learned that, uh, you can't like leave a written review on Spotify. So my bad to those of you that only listen on Spotify. I get it. Um, Drake, I'm going to, I'm going to, the floor is yours. Uh, cause you weren't on Wednesday's episode. Well, what's the state of the Rams? I mean, you have the floor. What What's your feelings right now as a Los Angeles Rams fan? Uh, overall feelings are going to be obviously confused, right? So we were just talking about right before we started um, a clip that I saw in uh, Good Morning Football where they go and they break down all the records of everybody that the Rams have defeated and the total combined records, uh, we didn't know the exact number, but it was not close, right? It was 15 and a million or whatever it was. And so you start thinking, <clears throat> okay, what are significant victories, right? And so, I mean, you, you beat a Seattle team with a, a Russell Wilson leaving in the fourth quarter. Uh, you get stomped by a Titans team without Derrick Henry. Should have been on paper a guaranteed win uh you get stomped by a san francisco team on monday night national television i've come to find out that i don't think the rams can perform on national television i definitely don't think sean mcveigh can perform against kyle shanahan a few things that i have a problem with and i watched on monday night did darrell revis ever shadow anybody besides wide receiver one no Mm-mm. he always always, went. always wide receiver one okay all right uh, charles woodson wide receiver one okay and i could I, I could keep going on and on and on and, and i could even get into safeties right this position that raheem morris has jalen in and i have a problem with not only raheem morris and his defensive schemes but Jalen as well, right? So you see the clip of ha- on, on the sidelines and all the dramas going on and everything. Jalen is over here, and he's he's taking away Brandon Ayuk. Sure, that's great, but Debo Samuel's cooking you on the same slant route right up the middle. Yeah, it's like Belichick, uh, like coming from a Patriots fan perspective, you never let the opposing team's best player beat you. You You, you never do it. If you can beat us with somebody else, that's fine. But it, I, I totally agree with you. Why would Jalen Ramsey be following Brandon Ayuk all over the field? It's like, take away Debo Samuel. If the 49ers beat you with other players, then okay, cool, whatever. You know what killed me, though, is that they were beating us on the same three plays. 
they're beating us on quick slants up the middle. They're beating us on a toss to the left, toss to the right. Or even a fourth play, they just run it right up the middle, whether it's on the right side or the left side of the center. And they were just they were doing that 90% of the time. They scored 31 points, and I believe Jimmy Garoppolo had 19 completions or attempts, one or the other. And it, it was like he didn't even throw for 200. I mean, he made the smart throws. He didn't beat us. They ran all over us. We got outcoached. We didn't even know what to do. Aaron Donald's getting double teamed, and we still can't get significant pressure onto the quarterback. I'm not sure why that is. So let me I, ask you a question. What's If you had to pick just one of the two, is the offense the main problem or is the defense the main problem? And not, not necessarily players, but maybe it's scheme or whatever, but offense, defense, what's the biggest problem in your opinion? It's it it flip flops, right? So on the Titans game, it was one hundred percent the offense. One hundred percent Matthew Stafford said, I am going to let you win this ball game. I I cannot get this offense moving. The Titans gave us every opportunity to go beat them, and the offense could not get it done, right? And then what we saw on Monday night, yeah, we had ten points, seven of those were in garbage time. We couldn't move the ball, yes, but we also couldn't they had the time of possession wasn't even close it was like 75 percent to the 49ers Kyle Shanahan absolutely dominated Sean McVay on the clipboard in the playbook absolutely that first drive in the first quarter Rams had a couple good plays and then Odell Beckham runs this crazy route and then what does he do he gives up on the play what does Matthew Stafford do he heaves one up there uh, it we played right into this whole hype and and stardom and OBJ and this and that. Don't and then what I was terrified of is that you're gonna start forcing stuff to him. Who cares about his dad? I don't care to have Odell Beckham that bad. If they want to start drama, are you here to win? If you want to start like Matthew Stafford, like Sam was saying, cannot be bullied into passing to Odell. He can't be. Cooper Cup needs to stay your first look, one hundred percent, without a doubt. Cooper Cup is that guy. Odell Beckham, we're going to see what he has left in the tank, right? And I know I'm all over the map. My thoughts are everywhere. It's hard to pinpoint the exact problem because they change from game to game. I've never seen – It's not to consistent. See a game. Typically out of, out of good teams, out of like your top teams, if you have a problem or, you know, or whatever, it's usually like – one problem for the most part. It, it's usually consistent, like with the Bucks, it's their secondary. Their secondary blows, and, and and I mean penalties as well, like that aside. But but mainly, like in terms of actual play, it's their secondary. But with the Rams, and I I totally un, like agree with what you're saying. It's it's week to week. It's almost like you're you're game planning for like your different mistakes. I mean, it's like okay, one week. Uh, you know, we just won't have a good run game. Uh, the next week, uh, we won't look like we know how to defend the run. I mean, it's I, – I get it. I mean, it, it's crazy. And, I mean, it's gotten to the point, and I understand that they have to build chemistry and everything like that, but the defense has absolutely no excuse, right? I mean, you've got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller. I mean, you've got every reason to be the best defense. 
So it comes down to play calling and adjustments. And I don't think that Raheem Morris is doing a good enough job of making halftime adjustments or making calls out of audible, depending on what you're seeing from the offensive side of the ball. Maybe he's not using his timeouts effectively. Because what I don't remember what the third down conversions were. They were showing you they were doing the same thing over and over again, and it was working. In our group chat, you you asked probably what, like a little after halftime maybe? I think you asked in the group chat, what's their third down conversion? And at the time, it was they were seven of nine, which is a lot. Like it, yeah. th- That's a lot. I didn't even know that we held them off those two. I don't. Need, I didn't even remember it because I think they went for it on fourth down and got it. They weren't scared. They were not scared. And why would they be? I mean, we went out there and made Jimmy Garoppolo look like he was Tom Brady's protege. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I, doubtful. But <laughs> it was it was one of those games where I sit back. And I'm thankful for all the good times, right? Because it's been, you know, we've had a couple da- like years that weren't fantastic, but it's nice to have these kind of games to be humbled by it and say, I remember when we used to suck for 15 years. I'm not going to, and I get on this Rams Twitter and I know I'm just as bad as the next person, um, but... These people are jumping ship. I saw some stuff on Monday morning or Tuesday morning. It's like Sean McVay's job has to be in question, right? Question mark. Or Sam saying, you know, is Carson Wentz better than Matthew Stafford? <laughs> Past two weeks? Yes. Absolutely. I think Matthew Stafford's been bottom five the past two weeks. Yeah. I, I think he can't get out of his own head because they're giving him the, the pass, right? Oh, you've been in – Detroit for a decade, but dude, you can sling the ball. We think you're great. Now let's see what you can do with a team. And now all that pressure, he's starting to get a lot of weight on his shoulders. He's sitting there saying to himself, if I don't win a Super Bowl, if I don't do anything with this team, my legacy is done. I am as bad as I was, as they thought I was in Detroit. Detroit, he got a cop out and saying, all right, now you're in LA. Now it's big stars, big city. Now it's time to go out there and play football and win if you're truly as good as we think you can be. And so he over, I can see it. I can see it on the tape. He overthinks throws. I mean, he, so he makes some of the most difficult throws when he's out there having fun. Cause he's just getting back and he's slinging the ball. And then once we're down, overthrown, underthrown, interceptions now i know the interception off of tyler higby's hands wasn't on him that pick six that sucks it sucks that it's a stat that goes against the quarterback i think it should be a drop fumble something i don't know but it shouldn't be an interception completely understand now one last thing i'll say and we'll move on from it there's a lot of things that need to be fixed i'm by no means writing them off seven and three is i've been there you are what your record says you are yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what do we always say? It's a big deal to win football games in the NFL, no matter who it's against. Um, I think something that's interesting is I was talking to Dad, and I didn't look it up, so forgive me for not knowing, but I know that Sean McVay is like 54-0 and or whatever it is. Or when 44, he leads at halftime. When he leads at halftime. Yeah. What is he when he's down at halftime? 
I want to say, I bet you, I bet you he is probably batting about 200, if that. I'd say he wins maybe a little less than a quarter of the games that he, he, I'd, I've never known this team. I've never known this team to come back. That's why every time we're down at halftime, I'm like, in the Sean McVay era or in any, you know, I've never known them to come back from being down. Yeah, and if maybe, you want, maybe if it you was a Jared win, Goff it, thing. Yeah, and if you want to win playoff games and you know potentially a Super Bowl, you you've got to be able to show that ability to come back and win. Yeah, and you you have to be able to adjust. And I don't know if this team can do that from front to back. Can Sean McVay adjust? Because he, it's it's almost like he says, "All right, this isn't working," and his brain just starts going haywire. It, and they're like, what's going on? You know the episode of SpongeBob where they're like, what's the name? What's the name? And they start burning all the files. That's what I feel like goes on in Sean McVay's head. I've got McVay's nothing head. on his name. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's what is going on inside his head, and he doesn't know how to. But if he's up at halftime, he knows how to. Let's just run it up until they stop it. Right. And I feel like when he's down at halftime, it's like, well, let's just keep doing the same thing until it works, and it doesn't work, and then it's too late. Because a lot of our games, like the Titans game and this game on Monday night, like it wasn't as close. It wasn't even close as the score says. It's just garbage time points. So, I mean, that's all I'll say on that. I'm not jumping off. I'm not counting them out. Still going to make a run. Uh, Got to get some time together. Got to get some practices. Much needed bye week. I think – it's good. I think we'll go to the NFC Championship at least. So, do you have a uh, do you have an opening take, or was that whole rant your opening take? My opening take is it's going to be a fun week of football because I don't have to worry about it. That's right. Rams have a bye this week. Okay, so for my opening take, I actually I have two things. Um, so, Drake, before you joined on the podcast, which actually it was not many episodes after um i posed a question we we've gotten our our followers up so you know just want to pose the question again because this question is now relevant again we all know julio jones went on ir last week right so he played in only 9 games last year drake he's 32 years old right now okay Last year in nine games, he was productive, 771 yards. But he had Matt Ryan throwing him the ball, so, you know, that's that's obviously a big deal. That's 85 uh, receiving yards per game. So he's 32. With your age 32 season, his contract lasts for two more years after this one, Drake. So at the end of his contract... He's going to be 34 years old. He is due $11.5 million next year and $11.5 million the following year. So a question that I, I know that you, you cheer for the Titans uh, as like your second team. And what I want to pose the question to other Titans fans, is it going to be worth it? Do you want to bring Julio Jones back at $11.5 million next year when he's played in only what? three or four games this season. I mean, with age comes more aches, more pains, more injuries. I mean, it's going to be the same, you know, 
different page, same story type thing uh, with Julio Jones for the next two years. I mean, do the Titans want to bring him back at $11.5 million next year? No, absolutely not. And if I'm a Titans fan before they start freaking out, I'm excited. I'm very excited because you have shown that you can win ball games and hell, even be the best team in the NFL without two very, very important pieces that nobody, not even Titans fans themselves, thought they could win without. And that's Derrick Henry and Julio Jones. And to be honest with you, the production from A.J. Brown hasn't been all of that. And Titans are finding a way to get it done. And you can take all that and look at it on the bad side, but take look at it this way. You're still winning ballgames without these people. Now, so let, let me let me throw a comp, okay? Let me throw a comp at you. So Julio Jones, as I said, 32, he'll be 33 next year, 34 the year that his contract runs out. So let me throw a comp who is the greatest, if not the second greatest receiver of all time, Randy Moss. Randy Moss at age 32, which is what Julio Jones is right now. 1,264 yards and 13 touchdowns. Julio Jones isn't even going to sniff that. Age 33, okay, the next year, what Julio Jones will be next year. As great of a receiver as Randy Moss is coming off of a 1,200-yard season and a 13-touchdown season, his age 33 season, Drake, 393 yards, no touchdowns. So age 34, right? The the last year that Julio Jones will be in this contract. Randy Moss couldn't even find a job. He didn't play at all in his 34-year-old season. He unofficially retired whenever he found out he couldn't get a job and then you know that his final year was the year that the 49ers and Ravens played in the Super Bowl um and, and that that was his final year in the in the NFL um he he had 434 yards receiving his last year but anyways what we're looking at is 32 years old 1200 yards 13 touchdowns and then 33 hit he only had 393 yards and then 34 hits and he can't even find a job. I mean, as great of a receiver as Randy Moss is, if he can't do it and kind of play the same position that that Julio does play, then what makes Titans fans or football fans think that Julio Jones can be any different? I mean, no, I, I completely agree. And what we've said numerous times is NFL stands for no fun league or not for long, you know. Uh, you were talking about that, and it made me think really quickly. Andre Johnson, a lot of people don't remember his last two years in the NFL, was spent with the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. And even some really big Titans fans don't even remember that. I don't remember that. I had to look it up one day thinking about it. In 2015, he was 33. In 2016, he was, th- he was 34. And he signed two-year max deals with both the Colts and the Titans, if I do recall. Uh, Maybe not max, but um, I think pretty hefty contracts and was cut both times. It's weird, right? So, obviously, and it's nothing against Hula. He'll still go down as one of the greatest. But at at a certain time, you start 
you start treating this like a, a depreciating asset, right? And with age, I mean, because it in as a wide receiver, you have to make these cuts. You have to be quick. That means the ankles have to be in tip-top shape. You have to take care of your body. That's why running backs don't last long. And if you're coming across the middle, your your quarterback floats you a bad ball, leaves you out to dry, you take a couple shots that a 25-year-old body can jump back up from, then I'm, it's just – it's nature, right? They're not – the only players that are playing that long now are quarterbacks because of how the league is adapted. And so I feel like you see that, and a lot of players are like, well, I mean, Tom Brady's 44. Why can't I? Because Tom Brady's out there playing flag football, man. Right. He's not He's not playing tackle football. Yeah, he, he's you're, not taking shots, yeah. You're getting cold clocked across the middle whenever your QB leaves you out, hanging out to dry. And a lot of people are going to freak out about this, but Julio – there's no excuse for lack of production except for he went from Matt Ryan to a less talented Matt Ryan. In my opinion, I feel like Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan are very comparable, except Ryan Tannehill is less talented in the arm and more talented in the legs. Yeah, I, no, I, I totally agree with that. So, I mean, Titans fans, that's a question to ponder on. You know, do you want Julio Jones for $23 million over the next two years? I mean, if he's on the Patriots – I would be petitioning Bill Belichick to cut him like as soon as possible to to get the money off the books and to just move on. I mean, you, you uh, that's Bill's thing. And John Robinson, being a, a former Patriot personnel guy, now the general manager for the Titans. I mean, he should know that more than more than anybody learning under Bill. It's like you get rid of a guy a year too early rather than a year too late because at least you can get something for him. And. Here's here's what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll use this as my opening take. How about that? Two moves I'm making this offseason. Julio, Taylor Lewan. You've proven that you don't need them. They're still a big name, household name. Going to hold some value. Let's see what we can get for him, and let's go get somebody. So uh, let's transition to the news around the league, and we're, we're going to get into something – a little serious uh, in a minute, but uh, first thing I, w- I want to talk about, and we we text about this in the group message today. Um, <laughs> Antonio Brown apparently faked a vaccination card, um, and, and I said, I, I, "You or Sam either, you know, send it in the group message." And I responded back and said, "If you would have blurred out Antonio Brown's name from this, and you would have asked me to guess who it was, I would have said Antonio Brown in this situation." So, uh, you know, the, Rick Stroud—he's like the main beat writer for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I've read some of his stuff. I think he's—I think he's an idiot, to be honest with you. Um, but he—I don't know. I think that his his theory on the fake vax card is getting debunked because Schefter put out a uh a, a tweet and and it's from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like PR department basically and it says after extensive educational process conducted throughout our organization this past offseason highlighting the benefits of COVID-19 vaccines we receive uh, completed vaccination cards from all Tampa Bay Buccaneers players and submitted required information to the NFL through established process in accordance with the league policy. All vaccination cards were reviewed by Buccanel personnel and no irregularities were observed. Now, 
if you want to read a little more, Schefter came out with a, an even further report on it. And it was that Antonio Brown's former uh, chef was apparently owed $10,000. And Antonio Brown, apparently, like, I guess the chef knows a guy that can get fake vax cards before Antonio Brown actually got vaccinated. Antonio Brown does have, uh, he did send a text message to his chef asking for a fake vax card prior to the season, okay? Because he was scared of the long-term effects. Like I said before, we don't work at Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, or the government. We know nothing about medicals, but that's what his concern was. He didn't know what the long-term effects were. So you uh, you fast forward and you look at this story and you kind of see it unfold. Antonio Brown is vaccinated, by the way. He, he's 100% vaccinated, but now the story is Rick Stroud, his poor you know, reporting the story is actually he, before he got vaccinated, he texted his chef and asked him if he could get him a fake vax card. His chef said no, but now like his chef doesn't work for him anymore. He owes him $10,000. So it's like, okay, let me put this in somebody's ear, like the chef putting in Rick Stroud's ear that, hey, Antonio Brown has a fake vax card. And so without doing like extensive work, Rick Stroud kind of looks like an idiot now. But I mean, the the idiot in all this is, of course, Antonio Brown for act, for texting somebody a fake vax, like asking for a fake vax card. Like what what a moron! Like the most Antonio Brown thing that I've, uh, one of the most Antonio Brown things. He's got a plethora of uh, you know, <laughs> of a rap sheet with dumb decisions. But uh, I don't think anything of it. Yeah, it's hilarious just off the the premise of it. But when we get down to the basics and the morality, right, wrong, all this stuff, I just kind of step to the side and say, you know, I'm immunized. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right, some quick hit thoughts. Uh, Sean Payton, uh, he said that he thinks the taunting rules are getting over-officiated, which 100% uh, totally agree. Uh he said that when they had, you know, the uh, the meetings with the rules committee prior to the season, during the off season, when this was like officially a thing, like, hey, we're gonna be, uh, you know, cracking down on taunting. He said that the meetings that they had prior to the season versus what they're doing now, they're two completely different things. He said that it's not even close to what they had talked about prior to the season. And he, you know, he he says that it's over officiated, and and the article goes on and on. But um, you can find it on ESPN.com. It's actually, or sorry, NFL.com. It's one of the first. Uh, I think it's like the third story, as I looked an hour ago. That's on the website, so you can read more about it because um, he kind of goes into more detail. Um, but yeah, uh, over officiated taunting rules. It it's insane. Uh, Matt Nagy coming off a bye. Obviously, he's on the hot seat. He's been on the hot seat all year. Matt Nagy's not going to turn anything around. He, he's a terrible coach. Uh, Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, uh, he's going to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears next year, 100%. You can book it right now. If you can bet on that somewhere, I would bet on it right now. I'd, I, I'd put your house on it for sure. Last thing before we get into some pretty serious, Derrick Henry has been out for, what, two, three weeks now? Uh, he's still tied in the NFL for the most rushing yards in the league. That is so impressive. That's how head head and shoulders above he was everybody else. 
It that is wild. Um, okay, some pretty serious. We got to talk about it. Zach Stacy, former Vanderbilt uh, running back, also former. Who else did he play for? He played for the Jets. He played for the Rams. Uh, I think that's it. I, I can't remember. He, he played for like the Memphis Rough Riders or some some stupid like that. Also, um, the domestic violence video that came out of him today or last night, maybe it was, was rough. I didn't even hear about it. I wasn't on social media at all today. Um, I, I didn't know about it until you texted it into the group message. Man, I opened that video at the gas station and I like Drake, seriously, I gasped whenever I saw it, whenever I saw it un- unfolding. And he did that in front of his, what, five month old son. I think it was, I mean, what do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I feel like the NFL has this track record more so than any other sport. And I get, I'm not making excuses for him at all, but I get it. Like, it's like, maybe he's got head, you know, head trauma issues. Maybe he's got CTE, so it it makes him bipolar or whatever. But there's no excuse. You know what you're doing in in the moment. There's there's never, ever, ever any excuse for domestic violence. And Drake, I want to pose a question to you. So suppose Zach Stacy was still in the NFL, right? And I'm not meaning to get controversial on this, but suppose he was still in the NFL and that video comes out we've seen videos of ray rice come out correct and some other guys i i I can't think of any more off the top of my head but it's weird because you get a guy like tyreek hill who's had multiple accusations of domestic violence but there's no video there's no video I I just feel like the NFL, they're so bad about punishing players in general, but especially for domestic violence issues. Like, there's a good chance Tyreek Hill, if if there was a video out of what was reported by the woman of what he did, there's no way he has a job in the NFL. What what does that say about Goodell and the the people that that look over that kind of stuff. And, and this is all hypothetical because it's like, if, if Zach, like we're pretending that Zach Stacy is in the NFL, the fact that there's no video for some guys and video for some guys, I feel like the no video guys, they pretty, they pretty much get off clean, but the video guys, they obviously get banned in the NFL like Ray Rice did. Like probably Zach Stacy, one hundred percent would have. I. What are your thoughts on that? Um, here's the hardest thing about that. So, with the no evidence or evidence video, no video, it comes down to just like anything else. Since he said, she said. The difficult part about that is I saw another video talking about. So we all saw the Zach Stacy video. Horrific. It was tough to watch. I immediately just was overcome with sadness, sadness and anger. It was uh, difficult to even just hear her plea, like begging for him to just stop. And the fact that she was so calm tells me that's not the first time that that has happened. 100%. That was one of the first things that I thought of in my mind while I was watching that video. I was like, 
she's like talking to him like she's calmly asking him to stop so that's exactly what i thought in my mind i was like wow this is not the first time that this has happened for sure so she had posted another video i saw today saying kind of be on the lookout for him here's what he drives i believe he's heading back to nashville and all this stuff but she looked totally fine that's terrifying right so we have take a no video evidence incident for example and then we can say we don't we don't have any evidence i mean she doesn't have any bruises or marks or scars or she's just saying like oh he hit me hit me and we have no evidence of it so i mean what what can you do in that instance right it but that comes- that's that's my problem with the nfl it's like they don't dig they don't dig deep enough to find out hey what actually happened like this is something serious this is something that like it's not funny it's not a joke like this is someone's someone's life potentially you know in some horrific circumstances that could eventually be taken from them if things escalated to a certain point so it's like as the nfl as goodell and whoever in the league office like investigates that stuff it's like hey how about we do some a little bit deeper digging you know let's not take tyreek hill's word that he didn't choke his baby mama and and kick her and stuff in the stomach while she was pregnant like how about we don't take his word for it, even though she's clearly accusing him of this. I mean, she's not just making that stuff up on her own. Um, but you can't always eliminate that possibility, right? No, 100%. 100%. And I don't think, I, I like to think that no one in their right mind would ever come up with such an accusation uh, without any kind of concrete evidence and just make it up out of the blue uh, looking for some kind of settlement money, but that's the world we live in where you have to question everything. But the the sad, awful truth to this whole thing is didn't have any evidence of it. And I'm, t- I'm referring to Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. as opposed to Zach Stacy, right? No evidence of it. Tyreek Hill makes the league money. Tyreek Hill has jersey sales. People come to watch him. People enjoy to watch him play football. How many people knew Zach Stacy was in the NFL? How many people can name before today what teams he played for? Besides me, no. I mean, he played for the Rams and he went to Vanderbilt. Of course, I can name, you know, some teams. But no one cares about Zach Stacy. No one cares if he's in the NFL. No one cares if he rots in prison. So something that you said there, uh, the video that she put up, the aftermath video. You know, she looked fine. So let me play a scenario. Uh, the same scenario that that I've been saying in this five minute rant is Zach Stacy pretend he is currently in the NFL right now. With what you said earlier, Drake, suppose there's no video evidence of this, but the girl's fine. In this video, you say that she doesn't have any, you know, bruises. She's not bleeding or anything like that. But it happened, right? But there's no, but pretend there's no video evidence and she's saying this. So what people would think is, oh, she's exactly what, what your point was. Oh, she's, she's just making it up. Like she, she's trying to get a money grab or whatever. That's the scary thing. That's my problem 
with the NFL and the things that go on. It's like they don't dig deep enough. Like, yes, you could look fine just like this woman. If there's no video evidence, they don't care. They don't care. That's my whole point with this is that the, the NFL just doesn't care if, okay, well, no video evidence. Ah, we're good. You know, pass. Yeah, we our work here is done. But say there was video evidence and he was in the NFL, they would do it to make an example out of him because 100%. of who he's not big time. I think that they they kind of had their hands tied with Ray Rice, and I believe there was a couple pushes to try to get him back in the NFL. Yeah, there it was. Just, it just wasn't going to happen. Now, it's never okay, so hear me out when I say this. I don't feel like the Kareem Hunt thing. It was a little misunderstanding, or from my from my standpoint, sitting there watching it, it didn't look like it was an outrage. It didn't look like it was anything that happened on a regular basis. It it was weird. It was like some little kick type thing, but it was almost like a get off me. Like definitely was a little too aggressive. Uh, it was domestic violence, but like. Me personally, him coming back into the league, I, I never thought anything of it. I was just like, I mean, as long as that doesn't happen again, like it was, it was weird. And I might have to go back and rewatch it before someone said, like, calls me out on this. And I was like, you're a sick individual. But from what I remember of it, it wasn't like what we saw today. And it wasn't like I went back and I watched Ray Rice's and it was, it was horrifying. Like knocked I mean, her out and, cold, absolutely she, cold, and then he drug her out of the dragged elevator. her out of the elevator, and they still yeah. pushed to try to get him back. Tyreek Hill, I mean, I can't say for one, I don't. There's no evidence of it, but that's terrifying to think about. Are they are they still together? To your knowledge, I think so. Because Ray, Ray Rice, Ray Rice, and that woman so. got married. Ray White, Ray Rice, yes. and that woman got married. I know that for sure. I'm I'm 99 sure that Tyreek Hill and his his baby mama are still together. So you look at that, right? And you say, well, why do what reason do we have to believe that it happened, other than she's a woman and he's a man, but he's an employee of my business. I'm gonna go to bat for him until there's something comes up that I I can't, right? So that's the way I'm looking at it from Goodell's standpoint. I'm not saying that it's right or it's wrong, but at the end of the day, they're his employees, and just like any boss is going to do, he's going to go to bat for you until he no longer can, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. So it, what can he do other than say, show me that this happened or give me something concrete enough that I can go off and say, you know what? I can no longer employ you. And as bad, and think about having an employee that brings you millions of dollars. That brings in millions of dollars, and you're like, I can't, I don't want to lose this guy. So, I mean, it's not right. Don't, don't take me as saying that. But you can see why they don't look into it too hard. They're going to make you give them every reason to fire that guy before. They're not going to fire it just off a notion. They're not going to fire it just off a statement. You have to bring it to them. They're not going to go look for a reason to fire Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? And it's 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 messed up. But 
I'm looking at it from his standpoint. I don't want to sound like I'm defending domestic violence. No, not at all. But you're saying like they sweep stuff under the rug. And I'm like, yeah, they do. And here's here's my theory why they do it. Right. Uh, it's, it's all revenue driven, 100%. Yeah, Roger Goodell gets paid. Yeah, Roger Goodell gets paid like forty million dollars a year to, I don't know, enforce taunting rules. I mean, it's insane. Um, Okay, so mispronounced draft picks and mispronounced (laughs) draft picks. That's his favorite thing to do, Um, and act like his uh, his chair in his man cave is you know somehow Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, Anyways, all right. So let's get into the preview tonight's game: Pats versus Falcons. Drake, who you got? Uh, Pats, 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 Pats by a million. If you have, Pats which are on you guys, fire. you guys aren't even going to hear this until tomorrow. Uh, but th- I'll do it. And I told you so don't play Kyle Pitts. I don't care if he's like your number one tight end. Don't play Kyle Pitts. There's no way Bill Belichick is going to let Kyle Pitts beat them. Um, is new England and- back Jake is new England back. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. 100%. Like I said in the last episode, is my opening take. There's a path to the division title. And the path still runs through Foxborough. Still runs through Foxborough. Um, I know you're talking about that certain division, but are the Pats back? How far are they going this year? Oh, they're winning a playoff game. They're winning a playoff game. 100%. They're, they're, they're not going to get Wild the number card. one overall seed. Yeah, they're not going to get the number one overall seed. The Titans are going to get that easily. Um, but no, the Patriots, they're probably going to play somebody like the, I don't know, probably like the the Chargers. Chargers. Probably, Ooh. yes. Boom. Probably wow, play somebody like that. the Chargers. And we all know how bad Justin Herbert is against Bill Belichick, and it's a bad sight to see. No, Patriots, they're going to win a playoff game. and then Losing they're probably gonna, Yeah, they'll probably get, lose in the divisional round. I, I could totally see that. Um, also, Mac Jones compared to other rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Mac Jones passing yards, 2,333 yards. Second, Trevor Lawrence, 1,900. Uh, completion percentage, Mac Jones, 69%. Trevor Lawrence, 58. Uh, Davis Mills, 67. He's the, he's in second place. Davis Mills is in second place. And then, uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, they're all 50%. Like they're in 52 to 59%. Touchdowns, Mac Jones, 13, Trevor Lawrence, 8, and then 7, 4, 4, and 3. Uh, Mac, Mac Jones is already one rookie of the year, right? I'll, 100%. Sorry. That, He's that, already that was, one, right? That was actually what I was going to kind of parlay this into. Um, yeah, oh, 100%, Mac Jones has the rookie of the year locked up. You could make an argument. The only person I would hear an argument from is Jamar Chase, but because Jamar Chase – plays wide receiver and the league is so quarterback driven. If you have a quarterback that's playing at this level as a rookie, the league and the voters, the AP association, all that stuff, they're going to pick Mac Jones. Bengals trending downhill. And the Bengals are trending down. We already had a funeral for their season Um, or their, their uh, playoff hopes, you know, September through November of 2021 RIP. Okay. So Colts at the Buffalo bills. Um, man, I think I think last last week against the Jets is what the Bills needed to kind of get back on track. 
Is it in Buffalo or is it in Indy? Because the Colts are finding in Buffalo. their way. All right, then I'm going to go with the Bills, but the Colts are definitely finding their groove right now with Jonathan Taylor. They're learning how to use him to where he is that driving force. He's going out and winning games for the Colts by himself. Big Jonathan Taylor fan, but I'm going to take Buffalo by three. Uh, yeah, Bills as well. Ravens at Bears. Um, Obviously, Ravens. Uh, yeah, Lamar Ra- Jackson. Uh, yeah, Ravens as well. Got to get back in the saddle. Uh, get, yeah, get and hopefully, hopefully Matt Nagy gets fired. Uh, Lions at Browns. Browns. Yeah, Browns by probably a million. The Lions uh, got their win of the year. Yeah. And, and a tie. <laughs> yeah, you, you know that's going in the Lions Hall of Fame for sure. Um, Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans. I'm not going to pick against them until they give me a reason not to. Titans by 50. Uh, Packers at Vikings. We talked about this pre-show. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll talk about that in our parlay to poverty, but Pack. Go Pack, go. Yeah, Packers for sure. Dolphins at Jets. Drake, let me mm. say two things real quick. Joe Flacco, starting quarterback this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, something weird. Dolphins at Jets, uh, not the most glamorous game. Drake, if you had to guess, what is the, what's the lowest ticket value of, of this game? Like, how much could you buy a ticket for right now? It, for a point of reference... The uh, let me see the Ravens at the Bears game. The the low ticket that that you're looking at is about sixty four bucks. What so do you think you, it is? Have what you already you looked up this? this price? Yes, yes, I know it. So so nosebleeds, nosebleeds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, north the end lowest. Zone. Yeah, the lowest available ticket. What do you think it is for this game for an NFL football game in New York City? I'm going to say $31. 25 bucks. Drake, you and your girl, you and Rebecca could basically skip a meal at Chili's and go to the Jets and Dolphins game that and and have that experience. That's insane. Dolphins. Ah, uh, Flacco's playing. No, I'm going to go Jets. I, I I think the Jets pull out this win. I, I'm going to go – I was going to say the same thing. I think Joe Flacco has something left in that tank. Something. So I'm going to go with the Jets. But back to what you are saying about the nosebleeds. Dude, living in Nashville, I don't even want to go watch the tight – I don't like – maybe I'm spoiled. I don't like nosebleeds. I'd rather watch on TV. But Titans games are 150 for some nosebleeds right now. But even if you gave me like – Titans tickets for 25 for nosebleeds. I would honestly, it depend on the weather. If it was going to be a little chilly that day, nah. If it's going to ra- possibly rain, nah, not going. It'd have to be a really good situation. So, like, it's hard. It's definitely hard to justify going to Jets and Dolphins and the nosebleeds. Uh, me and Courtney, our vacation that we take every year is going to Boston. And... We go to a Patriots game and, you know, might go to Fenway, whatever. We went to Fenway for opening weekend. Anyways, when we go, Drake, I want the experience. I don't want to watch the game from the nosebleeds like you were saying. If I'm going to, like, take this time out of my day, uh, traffic, concession stand prices, like, 
I want a good seat. I want to be able to, at that time, see Tom Brady's jock strap. You know what I mean? And we didn't get to go last year uh, because of the COVID year. They didn't allow anybody in Gillette. Uh, this year, we're not going because the guidelines to get into Gillette are absolutely like, it's insane. It, it, even if you're vaccinated, it's insane. Um, but when we go, we sit in the 100 level sections and, you know, not to brag because it's not a brag because it's super expensive. I mean, it's we spend about a thousand dollars per ticket to sit in those 100 level set, uh, 100 sections, but it's the experience that you're wanting. You don't want to watch a game from the 300 section when you could be looking at a 75 inch plasma screen TV. Mine's only 50. I, I don't have a 75 inch plasma screen TV, just FYI. Not freezing um, in Foxborough. And and freezing in Foxborough, that too. So, I mean, yeah, all that plays into a, a factor for sure. Um, okay, next game, Saints at Eagles. Saints, Saints, Saints. Saints. Uh, Washington football team at the Carolina Panthers. Washington football team, Taylor Heineke, man. Uh, I think they're riding a high, and I think it's going to come crashing down to to an immediate. Not halt. this week. I'm, I'm Not this go, week. I'm going with the Panthers. Um, 49ers at Jaguars. 49ers. Yeah, 49ers. Uh, Bengals at Raiders. Sneaky good game. I, man, the Bengals definitely came back down to reality. But I think Bengals starting to level off, I think, Raiders are in the midst of crashing, so I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going Bengals as well. Cowboys at Kansas City Chiefs, America's game of the week. Cowboys. Cowboys, good football team. Cowboys. Chiefs are are coming back. Patrick Mahomes finding his groove. Cowboys are still the Cowboys. Disregard the Denver game. Cowboys 100%. Cowboys by a touchdown and a field goal. Um Car- that's my favorite thing to say. I had somebody call me out on it. I can't I can't remember. But it's always anytime that I'm like apparently sure about a game, it's always by ten points. You know, multiple scores, and I usually say by ten points. I don't know why I always go to that, but at some point it has to happen whenever I predict it. So uh yeah, Cowboys by ten. Uh Cardinals at Seahawks. Cardinals, Kyler's back. Uh yeah. Seahawks if Kyler's not back. Yeah, I think Kyler is going to play. Uh, yeah, Cardinals for sure. And I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson, he's going to get better week by week with his finger and stuff. I just but that, after putting after up that performance. Egg. Yeah, after that performance last week, I I cannot bet on him like uh, in a game like this. Um, Steelers at Chargers. I think Sam would pick the Steelers in this situation, but uh, I you know, know, but it <laughs> man, if the Steelers win this game. And Sam, if you're going to listen to this podcast, so if, if the Steelers win this game, Najee Harris rushed for 200 yards. I'm going to go with Chargers. Stop the freaking run. Do not make me regret picking your team. Yeah, Chargers as well. Um, yeah, the Steelers, They if they want to win, it'll be off of the back of Najee Harris for sure. And then Monday Night Football, Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dude, I think... I'm ter- I'm terrified of Tom right now. He is so mad. Hey, what, did he, what did he say point, in that press conference? I just like winning. 
and yeah, in I think New England, he, he, yeah. he might he might go beat New York because of two losses in a bye week. He hadn't won in a month. He might he might just go beat them by fifty because. So in his post game press conference after they lost to the Washington football team this past week, he um he went up there. And I, I wish I had it on my phone because uh, I would play the audio of it because it's hilarious. Um, it's not funny, but it is. He went up there to the podium and said, all right, guys, let's make it quick. Like he was so mad. He just wanted to get out of there, um, you know, just suffered a bad, bad loss to the Washington football team. He just wanted to get it out of the way. They asked him, I think it was a total Drake of three questions. And that was it. He was up there. For a minute and 46 seconds. And that was it. Typically, quarterbacks, their press conferences last about 8 to 10 minutes, give or take. He was up there for a minute and 46 seconds. He's mad. He is He's so mad. Um, the problem is, is that the Bucks are not good in prime time, as just like the Rams. It might be past Tom Brady's bedtime. I don't know. Joe Judge, former coach of Tom Brady's, maybe knows how to attack him. They kind of held him in check last year when they played each other uh, at MetLife. But you're right, Tom Brady coming off of two losses in a row, that's something you don't bet against. But it's not Tom. That's the thing. It's all these stupid penalties. The secondary is horrific. Um, I forgot to bring it up in the podcast, Drake, and I have it in my phone somewhere, but I think I deleted it. Not thinking. The Washington football team, Drake, had a 98-yard drive. 15 plays. You're telling me ninety-eight in within 98 yards you can't stop Taylor Heineke? In, is that at, the at, at any point? Is that the longest drive of the season so far? Has there been a ninety-nine yet? Yes, the New England Patriots last week. Ironically, oh okay. um, yeah, <laughs> that's ironic. Patriots, Tom Brady, yeah. Um, but it it's just a joke. What's going on in Tampa? The Bucks are not winning the Super Bowl. I, I said it in the last podcast. I said that, and I will not have them in my top five for the rest of the season in the power rankings. I just what I'm seeing versus last year when they had their struggles all the way up till week uh, week twelve, week thirteen, is that the difference is these problems continue to reoccur as the Rams are. To be honest, this year the problems are reoccurring. Last year it was like you had all these problems, but they were kind of the same problems last year. It was. Tom Brady and these receivers not really being on the same page, and it was penalties. Whereas this year, I mean, it's penalties. It's clock management by Bruce Arians. It's the secondary. It's the defense in general. It's getting off the field. The Mike Evans and Tom Brady still have zero connection. I I, I don't know. I think it's too much at this point to – to overcome when you look at it from a team aspect to feel confident as good as all the other teams in the NFC are playing 
to be able to confidently say, yeah, the Bucs are going to go deep in the playoffs. They're going to win a playoff game. Now they have Tom Brady that can kind of, you know, make up for some of that, but there's no way they're winning, winning a Super Bowl this year. I'm sorry for that, for that tangent right there, but with all that being said, I'm picking the Bucs in this game, Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I've always said the most dangerous thing – I haven't always said it. I've always thought the most dangerous thing about Tom Brady is he's he's not playing because he needs to. He doesn't need oh, the money. He wants, he doesn't, he wants the he next doesn't, ring. He doesn't need to prove – any anything anything at all anymore just truly enjoys the game and enjoys playing football and winning football and that's how do the most, you not love that like how, oh i know and i how, and i love it about him it it was i was blinded by the dynasty of new england to see like because i always hated him and then he left new england and i was just like for some reason he won with tampa and i was like dude i love this guy yeah. And he changed. He changed his demeanor a lot. Hundred percent. Yeah. He he's not under Bill Belichick's umbrella anymore. You know. You, he's out there. You he's see fun, his actual man. personality. Right. Correct. The com- the commercials that he never did. Everything about him. Just getting drunk on the but. Like I was like, I love this. He's out having fun. And so, man, he is. He has nothing to prove. Nothing to lose, except for. He just likes to win football games, and it infuriates him when he doesn't win. He is the most dangerous player in football. So, Drake, parlay to poverty. I want, instead of three, instead of three, I want one. What is your mortal lock for this weekend in football? What is it out of the three that you've already prepped for, which one out of those three is your absolute go-to for this weekend? We talked about this. I don't understand it, and maybe it's a trap. Green Bay minus one and a half at my, at minus one ten on the money. I don't understand. I asked you, I said, did Aaron Rodgers die? I don't <laughs> like. Oh, we know Aaron Jones is out. Yeah, but a run. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like a running back. I mean, yeah, he's a big part of their offense. AJ Dillon. AJ awesome. Dillon is a yeah. He's an animal. So I also have on here, and and that that's my one. Lock it in. One and a half. I would put five hundred dollars on it. No, I'm not going to. I don't have five hundred dollars <laughs> to put on it. But I would if I had the money. We're on a bi-weekly um, uh, paycheck. You know, we don't yeah. get paid until next Thursday. So. See, the thing about my bank account is three to five business days. Um, yeah, checking savings. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> you, sometimes you got to swipe the card three times on the pants. All right, so fantasy locks. Drake, one one lock and one don't play. What do you got? My one lock is what we were talking about. Najee Harris against the Chargers. Uh, we talk all the time to Sam about how this team is just pretty, pretty pitiful about just stopping the run. We get... Sam's psychotic tweets, a psychotic text, his rants on the podcast. So um, I'm going to go with him but use it against him, right? And I'm going to say, Najee Harris, if you have him, and I know I picked him against the Lions and he didn't come through for us. I think if if that Chargers front and the defensive coordinator and everything Sam's always talking about, if you want to beat the Chargers, just run the ball. And who is your do not play, stay away from? I know they're finding their groove, but they're finding their groove on the run game. 
I don't like any Colts receivers against that Buffalo secondary. I don't trust Carson Wentz. Do not even come at me about Carson Wentz is better than Matthew Stafford. We all, anybody with a functioning brain knows that's not true. I don't like the Colts receivers, Pittman, or any of those guys against Buffalo. All right, so my lock is going to be Corey Davis because of Joe Flacco, pretty much. Um, and, and Miami, they are 25th in the NFL in fantasy uh, fantasy points given up to opposing wide receivers. Corey Davis is their wide receiver one, and the Jets have a veteran quarterback with a big arm. I mean, he used to have a big arm. He's still got a pretty decent arm now. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe throw Corey Davis in as a flex play. Who knows? Just see what happens. Roll the dice. Don't play Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is like, he is Justin Fields' number one guy. It's not Allen Robinson. It's Darnell Mooney, the rookie. But he's playing up against the Ravens. Probably going to have Marlon Humphreys uh, guarding him. And the Ravens like to play a lot of man, so he's probably going to be following him around everywhere. Maybe Humphreys goes to Robinson, but as a coach, why would you why would you put your best corner, kind of what we were saying in the podcast, on the second best wide receiver? Put him on that first wide receiver. And go from there. Also, the Ravens are very good against uh, wide receiver opposing wide receivers. They're uh, ninth in the NFL uh, in fantasy points given up to wide receivers, so they're pretty good with that. Okay, to end it out, we're gonna have a draft. Uh, we're gonna pick three cities, guys. Three cities that NFL teams are currently in, and it's the worst cities possible to have an NFL franchise in. Drake. You can go first. We won't snake it. We'll just go back and forth. Drake, you're number the number one overall city that there's no way that an NFL team should be there right now. I'm going to shock everybody if they make it to this point in the podcast. And I'm going to say the great city of my team and Sam's team, Los Angeles, California. The worst fans, if you even want to call them fans in the NFL. And the reason I will say that, before you go to your first pick, there's too much to do in the city. Nobody that lives in that city is from that city. No one really cares about sports unless it's a fad and they're winning. There's no loyalty. I hate everything about L.A. If the Rams moved back to St. Louis, I would be totally cool with that. But the thing that would suck is a free agency the pool that Los Angeles has, the weather, the cool, the hip, the, all of this, the fancy new stadium. But as far as fan base goes, L.A. is a terrible city to have your franchise in. For my number one overall pick, I'm going to have to go, and this is going to be so unpopular. You're already going to win this draft because of the team that I'm about to pick. It's Tampa. Tampa Bay. It's Florida. And it's not even Florida, like, necessarily on the coast. Tampa's not a beach. It's a, it's, it's a bay. But there's no beaches. There's no... It, it's, not a, it's not a vacation destination. It's Florida. It's Central Florida, whatever. You, you know what people do in Florida? They vacation. Young people vacation. And old people retire there. You know what's in Tampa Bay? A bunch of nursing homes. With 95-year-old uh, grown men and women that have arthritis that have to have 
a daga motorized wheelchair scooting them around all over the 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 rehab the rehabilitation facility why do you uh, think tom brady went there to play i mean yeah you're you're totally right if the shoe fits kind of thing uh but yeah the tampa bay what i don't know what gave the nfl like back in the 70s i think is when tampa bay started becoming a franchise maybe the the 60s um well i mean i don't know what gave them the idea hey tampa bay let's let's landlock this city here in florida and uh with, with all these retired people all over the place um yeah that, that tampa bay is going to be my one one drake who's your second I'm going to say Houston. Houston, because I feel like the Dallas Cowboys own that entire state, if not the entire United States. It would be crazy to think that with a fan base like that, that you could put another team in that same state, in that same 500-mile radius. Like, I think I think it was a good idea because Houston's the third, second or third biggest city in the United States besides L.A. and New York City. Uh, and you might have to fact check me on that, but Houston is a is a huge hub that could be a great successful basketball or baseball. But the Dallas Cowboys own that state, so I mean, I think Houston was a terrible idea for a fan base, a, a, a city for a team. All right, so since you didn't pick them, I'm going to continue with my theme, and I'm going to go with Jacksonville, <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida, the most landlocked place in Florida that you could ever possibly imagine. I mean, it's it's only like you could throw a baseball and hit hit Georgia if you're going north, and then if you go south, you got to drive like six or seven hours to hit Miami to hit a beach, and then you got to drive east or west about three hours to hit a beach. Jacksonville, what? <laughs> I don't know what the NFL. This is the NFL right here for sure because Jacksonville was an expansion team back in the late '90s. What gave? The commissioner at that time, I forgot who it was. Um, what gave him the idea? You know what, Jacksonville. That's the spot that that we really need to need to get into. If I if I could rebuttal, like your draft pick right there, um, I actually wrote down Jacksonville, but I put a question mark by it because think about it this way: they wanted they wanted to hit the blue collar part of Florida, right? They hit their big Miami, the nice beaches, the women, the the fun, the party, all that stuff, and they got the Dolphins. Sorry, hate it for you. But you want to get that blue collar, the guy from maybe Alabama, Georgia, those kind of guys, northern Florida, that you know, just your typical hardworking, everyday American that needs a football team to cheer for. I'm sorry, you got the Jaguars. But I feel like that is a good place to represent a strong, loyal fan base. Because at this point, if you show up to a Jaguars game, what are you other than loyal besides that one AFC championship run where our god Blake Bortles uh, caught fire? You know what I mean? Like, can, could you see it from that standpoint? Like, where's the blue? Where's the most blue collar part of Florida, in your opinion? That's people that get up at five a.m. and go to their job roofing houses in the Florida heat. Uh, I'm gonna finish off with the Las Vegas Raiders. Just became a team. I'm going with Las Vegas because does anybody even live in Las Vegas? It's a tourist destination. People go to a game, and it's kind of like the. Um, you don't live in Las Vegas. No, you the, don't live in Las Vegas. You, you, the people that live in Las Vegas are probably on like heroin and meth. 
it's the it's the most debilitating debilitating factor we've seen from Titans games. It's a tourist destination. They come through and they don't give a shit whether the Raiders win or lose. They're there and they're going to fly back to Green Bay, Wisconsin and wear their Packers gear because they're a Packers fan. They were in Las Vegas for a bachelor party. So they, oh, let's just catch a Raiders game while we're in Vegas, baby. Like, it's there's no one there that lives in Vegas, works in Vegas, and has been like, I've been a Raiders fan my entire life. It is... It's a ter- it's a terrible idea. I understand on paper. And it's going to bring money in because that's all at the end of the day anybody cares about. I would say less than 10% are passionate Raiders fans at the game at any time. All right, so to close out, I will go with the Green Bay Packers. Well, Green Bay, Wisconsin, whatever. Wisconsin, what? And I know that's probably going to be unpopular. My, my whole... My my first and my last pick are obviously probably going to be unpopular, but Green Bay, Drake, Green Bay, Wisconsin, has in terms of major cities, I'm pretty sure you'd have to fact check me on this. There's a lot of fact checking for the three people that are still listening to this podcast. You probably need to fact check us on all of our information, but in terms of a quote unquote major major city. They have one of the fewest like populations in the city of Green Bay. Green Bay is games, the smallest as far as NFL teams yes. goes. Games starting, I mean, shoot, we, we just saw it. It was snowing before the game in the first week in November. Games there are miserable. I'm, I mean, fact check again. I'm pretty sure probably nobody in Wisconsin in the whole state probably makes over $15,000 a year if I had to guess. Um, the team isn't even owned like by an owner. They were in such poverty back in the seventies that they had to like go public with the team. You get Drake for, I think for $300. No, no, I think it's 500 now for $500. You can own a share of the green Bay Packers. That's anyone listening to this podcast right now. You can go on Wall Street and you can buy a share of the Green Bay Packers for $500. They are a public team, the only public team in the NFL. They have no ownership because they like it's the worst city to have a football team in. They have no like financial stability whatsoever besides like $500 of mine and yours checks that come out, you know, bi-weekly as we were saying earlier. Well, I think we both took a different approach. And Green to, Bay, to this. what's in Green Bay to eat? Like, what's the attraction? Applebee's? Ex- exactly. There's nothing in Green Bay. What did those people's life completely revolve around? And that's Green Bay Packer football. Cheeseheads, baby. So that fan base, there's a two-decade wait list to become a season ticket holder. Oh, great that fans, is- for sure. That is, I would say that's the best fan base in football because there is literally nothing to do except for look at snow and go watch the Packers play on Sunday. And eat cheese. Don't forget to eat cheese. Oh, eat eat bunch of bunch of cheese. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of it as like a, a loyalty. Like, okay, you're not gonna attract free agents. If if you lose Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers are going to be a terrible franchise. Now, they've made it a long time, but it's a different day and age in the NFL to where location matters more to these people than than heritage, than history, anything like that. 
Um, and that should work. I feel like that should worry you with New England. As soon as Bill Belichick leaves and and you you lose trust in that organization, it's it's not a fun place to play. I mean, Foxborough, right. it's in the middle of a neighborhood, dude. You know it is. So if yeah. you're using that same logic, I'm talking about free agency and attracting. Like, you want to play in the beach. You want to play at L.A. Like, screw that. Yeah, like, forget, playing, a- forget playing in Boston, the like the city that the country was founded in that has, like, more history than any other city in America. Oh, yeah, it's, forget that. It's bitter it has cold, some of the best dude. That has some of the best uh, attractions. Pizza. Pizza. Uh, seafood, barstool? the best, the, the be- barstool started there. Shout out Milton, Milton Mass. Uh, what I mean, about- going to attract some people, but I'm saying, you know, you know what I'm getting at though. Like, yeah, there it's no, like for whatever reason, the cold areas are, are, you know, looked down upon like everybody, like the Rams dude, like in contrary to popular belief, like I don't really care for what's going on right now. Like, I don't care. I don't want us to build this super retirement team that the Lakers have built. It's proven to not work. I mean, <clears throat> we got Odell. Cool. He's clearly made it known that he was looking at lo- like he went down to Green Bay, and I was like, Do I really want to play in Green Bay? Hell no. I want to come to L.A. Like, that's great, man. But as a fan, I want to win the Super Bowl because I won the Super Bowl. And I know that's a completely different tangent that I'm getting on, but like I was going about it a different way. Like I love, I love these teams that are in the middle of nowhere. I love like the Jacksonville. I love the Green Bay, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I help Detroit, dude. I know the fan base is like Jesus Christ. How long do I have to keep going through this? But it's Motor City. Could you imagine if these, like, look at Green Bay and how great it is, but, like, could you imagine if Vikings started winning, if Jacksonville started winning, if the Lions started winning? That team, that city would be oh, on, fire. Right on the, fire. The yeah. the passion flowing through those streets would be incredible. The Rams win a Super Bowl, and L.A. is going to be like, I might be in tears, but I'm in Nashville. But, like, L.A. is going to be like, Oh, that's cool. What's going on tomorrow? Like it's it's yeah, terrible. Yeah, you want to go to the it's, Lakers game tomorrow? Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's, and like, yeah. I hate it. Like, I I would give anything for the Rams to come back to St. Louis. I don't know how Sam feels about San Diego versus Los Angeles, or if he even cares. But oh, the two worst cities to like to have an NFL franchise for sure. I, but San Diego is definitely better than Los Angeles. Uh, but man, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. We'll end the podcast pretty soon. But like. I love those small middle of nowhere Kansas City, great freaking fan base in the Midwest. You ain't got well, a horrible to do. fan base, but but they're diehards for sure. They're die. I wouldn't call them oh, a good fan base. I mean, no, no, they're no, diehards, no. but they're action wise. Action wise, yeah. I can't I can't justify that. But they got nothing but the Chiefs. They got nothing but the Chiefs. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Cheer for the Royals? Like, no, get out of here. No, exactly. Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, like they're all Chiefs fans. Oklahoma is either gonna be Cowboys or they're gonna be Chiefs fans. Missouri, Kentucky, like you have an entire like Midwest that is gonna rally behind your team. Like that's a genius place. I think I think the NFL should look into the Midwest, but 
it's not going to attract big names. You got people that are loyal, like Patrick Mahomes, that are going to be in Kansas City forever. Otherwise, Kansas City would be awful. All right, everybody, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, go Patriots, and hope your starting quarterback doesn't tear his ACL this weekend. We'll see Let's you guys. Let's come back on to St. Louis, baby.